I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $175 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years older to purchase player client. Hey, coming up in 15 minutes, we got another keyword for you. All you got to do is enter that at the website, KFIAM640.com. Really easy. The banner comes right down with handles, head on it, and you just put in the keyword, and you could win. You'll be notified by email. It's coming up in 15 minutes. The most screwed up airport in the world. What? May not be LAX. What? Might be Heathrow Airport. Heathrow? In London. It's It's considered uh, one of the world's best airports, though, in terms of just services and... Well, I went through there once, and it was madness. It was, was it just it really? complete uh, insanity, yeah. Uh, the uh, only thing I remember going through there, the last time I went there, was the questions, because I went through there in was it 2019 and or 2013. Anyway, they, were, they, they, they interview you just to see what, you know, why, why you're here, and they ask you little questions very politely. Well, and, of we, course, they're very on alert for terrorism possibilities. Well, we were changing planes. So you had to pick up your luggage, and then you had to, you know, uh, uh, go off to the next plane to another country. And there was just such crowds, Hmm. just enormous crowds, enormously long lines, baggage everywhere. Uh, All right, let's bring on Alex Stone for the latest, uh, the whole thing with the airlines. And apparently... uh, they're doing okay, money-wise. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't think everybody gets interviewed when they land at Heathrow, but when you land, they go, well, here's Ken. <laughs> a couple of questions for this bozo. Let's uh, let's find out what he's all about. I, I don't know. I've never gotten questions. But anyway, um, so yeah, flying, we know horrendous. Multiple airlines, 4th of July. Before that, airports, airlines overwhelmed. 
trying to too many flights squeezed in there, too few airplanes, too few pilots, too few runways. Things have been really bad, and people to find themselves stranded at the airports, and it would seem like the airlines aren't doing very well. But despite all of that, the airlines are making money hand over fist and bringing in money like never before. Delta Airlines out with its new earnings, and guys, how much did they make in Q2? How much? $13 billion was their revenue, hmm. uh, $735 million in actual earnings. And uh, they put it like this, executives laying it out. We generated $12.3 billion of revenue in the June quarter and achieved a total unit revenue that was 20.5% higher than 2Q of 2019. All right, all that gobbledygook there. So, yeah, $12.3 billion. Uh, and then that is 20% higher than 2019. They ignore 2020 and 2021, everything now goes back uh, pre-pandemic. And Delta's saying they've never seen demand like this uh, before, that passengers are willing to pay for every upgrade in the book, that companies are returning to corporate travel again. Uh, They're putting their workers up in first class, and it's all money. That it's not where they say, so, John, you're going to New York. You want to upgrade for $900? This is walking in, booking it at the beginning, saying, I want... Uh, Delta One or uh, Comfort oh, and Plus. People have a lot of miles, and they're willing. Well, up. this is money that they're looking at right now, yeah. but they are willing to put that money. People want to travel, and they want to do it in style right now. And Ed Bastian, CEO of Delta, saying our revenues are far more diversified, with much larger contributions from our premium product offerings and high-margin loyalty business. Premium product that is upgrading, that is going for more leg room, that is clubs that is everything there and well you know what yeah. what they've done is made uh, the conditions if you sit in economy <laughs> so, so bad back there that, that you start yeah, getting whipped you got to go up 20 or 30 dollars just to get two inches of leg room yeah because or you're on it, southwest with, and you pay like 50 bucks just to board earlier which, you're not going to get a better seat but maybe you'll board so you can get your bag in the overhead which bin. infuriates me yeah there's no overhead baggage room if you're you board late on the plane yeah if you and, get a c boarding pad well good luck yeah you, get, be, you, you get, gotta upgrade if you want to you want to get your bag in there. you get stuffed in a narrow seat no leg room and then mr 300 pound guy is sitting next to you oh and man i had that the other day that's right Wide open row yeah uh, you know, somebody who took up a lot of the seat next to me. Yeah. Said, and you, and, and, and there were a lot of other Mr. open seats. Mr. Double Belly starts lopping over your armrest. Yeah, but they say people are coming in right now. They're ready to spend their money. They're ready to book. But at the same time, it has been so bad that they're having to apologize. Of, we're taking your money, but we may not get you there. Can and I, can I ask you to, about that? Yeah. Not that you'll have an answer necessarily. But this is this is simple math. You know how many people have booked a flight. You know how many planes you've scheduled. And then you find out you don't have enough pilots. You don't have enough uh, flight attendants. Uh, you don't have enough planes for all yeah, the people. Yeah, a lot of people are asking how, the how same does, thing. How does that happen? It's, yeah. it's just simple math. Well, the pilots are saying that the airlines are doing pie in the sky. Like, if everything worked perfectly, that then we would do this. And... People call out sick, they go on vacation, they're, they're not around, and then it doesn't work out. Or that they thought that they would have more pilots hired by then, and then they don't have it. And um, so, yeah, it's uh, the pilots will tell you bad planning. Uh, the airlines blame not enough pilots. Not uh, They blame air traffic well, control, air traffic they, control. They paid a record number of retirement buyouts to the pilots. Yeah, well, they were, yeah, they were trying a year ago to get them to leave. But, uh, yeah, and they used our tax money for that. <laughs> and now did, they're complaining uh, they, the pilots won't the work. The airline bailout, that money now gone, and, and they're making a lot. But, uh, yeah, here's the apology you had to do. Well, the demand and revenue landscape is the best we've seen. 
the operational environment for the entire industry remains uniquely challenged. I'd like to sincerely apologize to those who've been impacted by cancellations, delays, and long wait times over the last two months. So thank you for upgrading and spending a lot of money, but we may not have gotten you there, and, and we're going to do better on that. But um, So they're not yet seeing, he says, a pullback in demand with inflation and with the markets. People want to travel. Um, by 2024, they predict 60 60% of their revenue will be premium product upgrades and non-ticket revenue. Mm-hmm. So pretty amazing. Back, what, 20, 30 years ago, you paid for the ticket. That's pretty much all right. it was. But now they give you is, a real seat. Yeah. Now they give you, you half a seat. Do you want to pay for a bag? Do you want internet? Do you want to upgrade? That is where their money See, now is They is give you a from. half a seat, and then you got to pay extra for a real seat. Yep. Oh, it's infuriating. Do you know much about the situation at Heathrow? Are they yeah, counting so, people? How are they, how are they limiting the number of passengers? How yeah, they what do they're that? doing, uh, a lot of the European airports are doing it now. They are overwhelmed. They have our problems, but even more, of labor, and now bags are piled up, and it's gotten really bad. So the airports are saying, all right, only this many people can go through the airport in a day. So airlines are having to cancel flights because they're over those numbers. And luggage is checked in. It's, they don't know where it's going to go. Airlines are cutting flights. Pat, uh, she came back from Paris two weeks ago. Still no bag. It was a mess. Thousands of pieces of unclaimed luggage everywhere, just all over the terminal. Yeah, just all over the airport, she says. And Delta this week, speaking of Delta, uh, they had a flight that was told you can't go. You have too many passengers coming into the airport. And so they said, fine. They flew an empty A330 uh, wide body full of luggage only to get it back to the U.S., and they, they chartered that London to Detroit, uh, only moving bags, because they said the bags are, it's a mess over there, uh, and they could get them out well, that well, way. I wonder what happens, because... It just, it fell apart, and it too, again, airlines booking too many, too many people saying they, in Europe, they, they want to go on vacation, uh, American travelers, uh, the testing requirements went away, so you had this boom in international travel, uh, it's been bad. One more for you. Amy Frank, she hasn't had her bag in a month. Every day that I check, it says that it is being traced and to check back later. I think by that point, you go to your credit card and you go, that uh, bag insurance that you give me? Yeah, right. Yeah, I want my money. Good. Uh, they, yeah, they say they're working a, on waste it. Waste another month negotiating that. Yeah, well, true. But uh, the airports say that they're overwhelmed. The airlines say they're dealing with it, but it's a mess. All right, Alex, thank you very much for that update. You got it. Thanks, guys. Alex Stone, once again on the travel nightmare and how the airlines are actually raking in lots of money, but people are still running into real problems with the cancellations, delays, and, of course, lost luggage and passenger limits at some airports, including Heathrow. So as we come back, be listening for the keyword that you can just enter at the website, kfiam640.com, for a chance at $1,000. Johnny Ken, KFI. All right, uh, we're going to look into, we're going to interrogate Steve Gregory from KFI News at 5.05 about the possibility that the indoor mask mandate is returning to L.A. County from the L.A. County Health Director, Barbara Ferrer. And I don't know, John, if you picked up the statistical nugget, but it's 42% of people that are hospitalized that have COVID-19 that are actually hospitalized for COVID-19 complications. That's what I had read a couple of days ago, roughly a 60-40 split. So when you hear a hospitalization number, that doesn't mean they're all in there because they have COVID problems. It's a fake number that the media and the officials use to scare you. People are, well, lots of people are walking around with uh, the COVID virus inside them. They don't know it and you don't know it because it's asymptomatic much of the time. 
after 4.30, we'll be with Daniel Gus, the Gus Report. He really has the inside track so on all things happening with the L.A. government. And this is about the overcrowding crisis at the city of Los Angeles animal shelters. A big story today in the El Segundo Times. It's a heart to, it's yeah. a heart tugger. Yeah. For all the, the dogs that aren't walked, they're stuck in cages. They're jumping up in the air just trying to get out of there. All the tax money we have, they don't pay anybody to walk the dogs. Sure, there's workers there, but I don't know that they walk the dogs. I, well, I just read that there's volunteers that do. Well, you pay pay people. You'll, you'll solve the problem. We they have right, enough tax so, money. There's surpluses all over the place. Some of this is at the doorstep of the L.A. City Councilman with the chin bag, Paul oh. Koretz. Oh, he's a, he's a disaster. Who's on his way out. He's running for city controller. I don't think he's going to win that. Uh, so, good. Then he's he done. should be, be out of government for the rest of his life. He's had a lot, uh, of, a lot of people die in his district from all the homelessness he allows. So, uh, so of course, he doesn't uh, provide money to walk the dogs. The update this afternoon on the death of Donald Trump's uh, former wife, Ivana Trump, 73 years old. Uh, the report this afternoon, she was discovered at the bottom of a staircase in her home on East 64th Street in Manhattan at about 1240 p.m., they believe she suffered cardiac arrest. They have not determined the official cause of death. They were called to her home for a wellness check. So it's not clear who made that call to check on Alvana Trump, but that's why police found her. So we don't know how long she had been lying there dead. Maybe she um, didn't show up somewhere. I thought there was somebody in the house that called because she was in cardiac arrest, but it sounds like somebody well, said, uh, my mother or my friend is not answering the phone. Could you go check on them? The last photo they have of her is from June 22nd, walking the streets, and she has a uh, an attendant holding her arm. Oh, is that and, right? And guiding her, yeah. Oh, I didn't see that photo. I saw one from last year where she looked fine at some event. No, but, she uh, looked a little... Uh, frail? Frail, I guess, is a good word, but she definitely had somebody holding her arm and guiding her down the sidewalk. 73 is not that old, but maybe she was No, uh, it says the problems. family's in shock at her death, so it doesn't sound like they thought she was, you know, on her way out. Otherwise, it would have been closer around her more. Well, one of her friends is Nikki Haskell, uh, who But doesn't she have is, a caretaker is, then in the apartment who would have found her sooner? Than yeah, somebody? I know. That, that's why I wondered. Uh, the wellness check, I was... Uh, Curious about that uh, particular description. Nikki Haskell is one of her friends. She's been a cable TV interviewer in New York and is claiming that uh, they were. she was about to go on a trip, uh, uh, her first trip since uh, COVID hit, that she was terrified of getting COVID and she was locked up for the last two plus years and she was finally starting to get around and was going to go, I forget where, to Europe or something. She had a big trip planned. So we do not know that she had any cardiac problems, any heart problems, I, any history. I haven't seen that in all the early stories, no. I, no. I What I read was that she was planning her first big trip in three years. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, if you're in public life, one of the rules sort of is if you get trolled, if you get harassed, you really just have to ignore the person doing it. Because if you have some kind of a reaction, that's probably what they want, is some kind of well, reaction. Why else would they do it? There is, a, it's described here by the New York Post, as a right-wing instigator by the name of Alex Stein. Although I have on the audio sheet here, he's a Texas state delegate from District 12. I don't know what that means. That's what it said on his Twitter bio. <laughs> it's okay. It's what Eric says it said that on his Twitter bio. A delegate Twitter to bio. what? 
Uh, I don't. I don't. Know. See, a, a politician could be some party, right? So, right, some state party. Uh, anyway, he was in Washington D.C. and he saw Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, AOC. We call her Occasional Cortex. Uh, she's one of the mouthpieces of the far left progressive wing of the Democrat Party. She was walking up the Capitol steps and he decided to have a little fun. Here is the audio. AOC, my favorite big booty Latina. I love you, AOC. You're my favorite. She wants to kill babies, but she's still beautiful. You look very beautiful in that dress. You look very sexy. Look at that booty on AOC. That's my favorite big booty Latina. Watch the little selfie. I love it. My favorite AOC. Nice to meet you, AOC. Look how sexy she looks in that dress. Woo, I love it, AOC. Hot, hot, hot like a tamale. The goofball was just looking for like a, a reaction, and he got it. She turns and heads towards him. Yeah, she, wanted... she had to be pulled back by an age. You should see her eyes bold. She was ready to fight. She wanted to punch him. Hot, hot, hot like a tamale. Is this a, is this is that week? what you would do, Deborah Mark? Would you go right after the guy that made comments like that about you? In I the don't street? know what I would do and I, punch I, him in the knee. Probably not. But I didn't I... you say one time years ago you got some sort of a. Yes. Yeah, I thought you did say that yeah. once on the show. Yeah, that you... I, I've, I've had that. Not the old whistle thing, was it? No. Well, yes, people. Yes, guys do that all they the time. They still do. Woo, yes. woo. And I just sit there and, and really? I mean, what's the point of that? I'm going to stop, Mike. I'm going to get off the freeway. Oh, hi. I don't understand that. Chester uh, vocalizing their appreciation. Lame. <laughs> oh, there it is, that thing. Not yes. everybody gets that. Uh and he only did this to get her to look, whether or not right. he really thought she was attractive oh, yeah. is irrelevant. Uh, but he just decided that he would take a shot at this because he's kind of holding the camera like a selfie video. It looks like maybe somebody's taking the <laughs> You'd video. You'd be right. You don't respond to a moron. Plus, no, he's got don't. a camera. So, And what's funny about it is she actually posted a message on Twitter about the encounter, but then she pulled it down later saying, I don't want to give this extremist any more attention. Yeah, but that's the thing is she's a complete narcissist. So the attention feeds into her narcissism. So of course she's going to post about it because it will bring more attention. And then somebody probably well, told her, don't do that. If and I don't really think she's a true believer, but if you're one of these people that does not like, you know, the, uh, the whole uh, movement about sexual harassment, I mean, that's clearly what this is. Yeah. It's also kind of racist. Uh, well, you know, she's, uh, he's crazy and she's crazy too. I yeah. mean, he knows exactly what kind of target to pick on because he knows he's going to get a reaction. So this yes. is, this is what people do all day. And then they, then they film it and then they put it online and then everybody gets into arguments over it. Oh yeah. If she had That's continued good, and, a, and stared him down and stood in front of him or maybe slapped him, that yeah, would have been an yeah. even bigger story. It's a real so. productive life everybody is experiencing, right? <laughs> it is right. It's re really useful. We talked about this I, the other day. It's all about making videos and getting attention and getting likes and look, getting followers. I look at those the, the NASA photos and I look at all those planets way out there and I wonder, wow, somewhere people aren't doing this. All right. It's one of the day's heart-tugging stories. It's a headline in the El Segundo Times. It's inhumane. Dogs at the L.A. animal shelters go weeks or months without being walked. Now, keep in mind, these are L.A. city-run animal shelters, which yeah. means the L.A. city government's involved. Paul Coretz is the main person here, the city council member. Eric Garcetti can't run an animal shelter. 
Neither can Paul Koretz. We'll be talking to Daniel Gus with the Gus Report for more on this next. John and Ken Show. Tomorrow brings us back to the Moist Line, folks, in the 5 o'clock hour. So just drop us a message. Uh, The iHeartRadio app is one way you can do it. The little microphone, leave a message using that. Or call the toll-free number 1-877-MOIST-86-1-877-664-7886. Story today, uh, broken the uh, L.A. Times that uh, the city animal shelters are uh, overburdened, overwhelmed. They're not even walking their dogs. The dogs are going crazy. And, they can uh, go for a week, sometimes months, without getting any break and exercise outside the kennel. Apparently, with all the tax money we pay, there's nobody to pay. There's no money to pay a dog walker. They rely on volunteers. And, and apparently at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, the sh- there wasn't a lot in the shelters going on. But now that people are returning to the real world, they're starting to return some of these animals. There has been the city took in 30 percent more dogs through May of this year than the same period last year. Those of you who took a dog just uh, for the covid lockdown and now you yes. dumped them into a shelter, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You are a bad, bad person. Yes. Uh, let's get Daniel Gus on from the Gus Report, who's uh, got some information on all this. Daniel, yeah. how are you? Gentlemen, thank you for ha- good. Thank you for having me back. Well, what's going on here? Well, well let, let me tell you something. First of all, you call him a chin bag. I call him a, a, a bloated buffoon because nobody, nobody is less surprised about this, this the story in the L.A. Times than Paul Koretz. Paul Koretz has been told about this problem, and Dozens of other problems at L.A. Animal Services, the, the city's animal pound, not, not a shelter. Uh, nobody has been told more about this and other problems than Paul Koretz. All right. Now, he just is, to explain. Yeah, people, just to explain. He's chair of the mm-hmm. committee that oversees animal issues for Los Angeles. Right. He's the city councilman. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so he gets all the complaints. But but he likes to rig the system also. So city council, there's 15 council members, and based on each of their skills, they chair uh, a committee. And the committee that Paul Koretz chairs is called the PAWS Committee, P-A-W-S, but that actually stands for Personnel and Animal Welfare. There's there's no congruity between that. It just happens to be called PAWS, but it's for Personnel and Animal Welfare, Oh, and by the way, when he decided to run for city controller, Nuri Martinez let him add the word audits to it to defraud the public (laughs) into thinking that he's really good at audits. That is literally the truth. He decided to run for city controller, and what the hell, let's add audits to the pause committee. So it's a fraud from day one, starting with Garcetti, Herb Wesson, and now Nuri Martinez as city council president. So to clarify, yes. He oversees the committee that's in charge of humane policy and the animal pounds in the city of Los Angeles. But Koretz is the ultimate um, uh, 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 speed bump to slow down things. He's the kind of guy who says, well, yeah, let's call for let's call for a report. You get back to me in 90 days. (laughs) Then the the report the report gets uh, what they call received and filed, which means it goes into the shredder. And then nothing is nothing is ever solved. And I've known this man for 17 years. He never, ever solves anything. He just 
takes the, the problems on so that he can be seen as the guy you go to when the problems. But even the L.A. Times didn't endorse him for city controller. They endorsed a guy by the name of Kenneth Mejia, who I've reached out to, haven't heard back. And so, so now they can't even get the dogs out of the kennels, which, by the way, are crumbling there, I have photos of a great guy who should be the next GM of Animal Services, a guy by the name of Paul DeRigo. He's there documenting the problems in the pounds with collapsing walls, water doesn't work, uh, uh, the animals look, look like, uh, look like, uh, pr- like prisoners, in, 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 you know, yeah. and so the animals can't even get walked. They, they, don't, so, alone, they don't budget the money? Oh, 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 let me tell you something, John, about budgeting the money. Paul Koretz squandered a million dollars in money that was donated from people dying in their wills. There's a fund called the Animal Welfare Trust Fund. And this guy, Paul Koretz, instead of using that money to walk these animals who probably won't ever get out of there, he decided to take almost a million dollars and give it to an unknown marketing firm called The Glue without any known business location, without any known employees, to rebuild the website. What? And, and, by, and to use that, that, by the way, I found out today, they use like $93,000 to take photos, to take photos for the new website. And and, well, wait, wait, what is the website? The website's about the shelters? I mean, it's, a, it's a website, you know, where they supposedly post the, the photos of the animals, how to adopt a dog, where to get free spay neuter and things of that nature. And that's what they do every 10 years. When there's a new mayor, when there's a new general manager of animal services, what they do is, oh, uh, let's redo the website because that'll really change things when you don't have a spay neuter program. So correct, single-handedly, as chair of this committee, took a million dollars and gave it to this company called The Glue, with no background in fundraising, no background in website work, no background in marketing, and really? no discernible place of business. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Absolutely. What, what's that connection? Well, you know, that's a damn good question because the general manager, who I've spoken about in the past, Brenda Barnett, just happened to retire around the time that this contract was being contract. Excuse me, a no compete contract was done, and so. I don't think Paul Koretz is going to be the kind of guy who's actually going to investigate it. The other choice for the people of Los Angeles, a guy by the name of Kenneth Mahee is running for city council. And he has a bit of an activist uh, uh, mentality, and he's a CPA. And Mr. Mejia, I am asking you right here on the John Ken Show to dig in and find out what happened with that million dollars. And how did this company called The Glue get nearly a million dollars that should have been used for things like walking the animals? And that should have been used for fixing a dog's broken leg that Paul DeRigo was trying to get out. How oh. is this happening? Ron Galperin, Ron Galperin and Paul Gritz Paul are, the, are the epitome of everything that's wrong in this city. And, and the, the reason why I get so fired up about it is because those animals don't have anybody speaking about him except for this guy, Thomas Kalinowski, who is an employee of the pound. And he just had it. Now he's working for some other pound facility. And the volunteers there. And every time a volunteer speaks up and helps these voiceless animals, they get suspended and they get fired. And, 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 and the commissioners that Garcetti appoints, well, one of them is a 
manager of a well, doctor's office. Daniel, the, the story quotes in Annette Ramirez, you know much about her, the interim general manager, and she said that the dogs aren't yeah. walked for weeks or months because we have to rely on volunteers to do this, and we don't have enough. Well, well yeah, you know, I've known Annette for 20 years. She is an excellent animal control officer. She's an excellent animal control officer. She is not the right person to be interim GM. I happen to like her personally. She's not the person who should be in that job. And from what I understand, she doesn't want to become the permanent GM. So, yeah, she's aware of the problems. So where's the solution? And this has nothing to do with, with the budget. The million dollars was there. And the L.A. Times knows about this. So if Dakota Smith is now writing some story about this it's like even the la times can't deny this anymore so the money was there it's not about budget annette i like you but it's not about the budget the money was there well, I, I just feel bad you had all these you know uh, elderly people who left money in their will mm-hmm. to go to the animal shelter yeah. to care for the dogs and the money may have gotten squandered and the dogs are now uh, losing their minds right. trapped in cages not being walked and there's exercised a, there's a final quote from larry gross president of the board of animal yeah. services commissioner said the city council should allocate mm-hmm. funding for dog walkers but they don't do that you know what larry's also a great guy larry is a very good guy who i have a good line of communication with he is an expert on housing issues he's an expert on housing issues so why is he president of the LA animal services commission which by the way he, i like him in that role because at least he's a guy who responds at least he's a guy who engages he's a good man he should be involved. He should be head of Los Angeles Housing Authority, not the Animal Services Commission uh, as its president. He, 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 he's a good person as a, as a conduit. So, so, so Larry is correct. Yeah, the money shouldn't even be coming from the wills or the donations from these elderly people or whoever donates money to this Animal Welfare Trust Fund. Uh, um, so he's correct that, yes, city council should budget that, but they don't. And then the million dollars is missing here. By the way, if Dakota Smith or David Zonheiser want to contact me, I'll show them an 89-page report that Herb Wesson, the former city council president, commissioned from me, commissioned from me, to show where all the problems are in LA Animal Services. And instead of Galperin auditing it, they used it as a blueprint of all of the areas at LA Animal Services to not audit. And when Wesson commissioned this report for me, it was him, me, and, and one of his flunkies in his office on January 3rd, uh, 20, 2014. I remember that for a specific reason. Uh, he said, I'm going to call for an audit, uh, and Paul Koretz will second it, quote-unquote, to give Koretz cover. So the fix has been in for years and years. If Koretz, if Herb Wesson is commissioning a report on all of these problems, the, the one in the Times today about animals not being walked, and all of the other problems, broken kennels, the very, very dubious relationship the city has with the Best Friends organization. Um, by the way, there's a story brewing there. All right, we uh, got to go because we got we got a yeah, news break we yeah. got to do, Daniel. Great stuff. Yeah. I can't believe this amount of drama over dog walking. It's just incredible. Yeah. And this amount of scandal. Tip of the iceberg. Yeah, tip of the iceberg. There's more to come. Thank you for giving me a platform to share it. All right. Thank you for coming on with us. All right. Samuel Gus, the Gus Report, talking about the problems at the L.A. Animal Services kennels where the dogs are not being walked and 
oh, you see the detail in there that there's mold in their food bowls and oh, they, no. they have to crap and sleep in the same places. Oh, Deborah, you oh. got to do something. You know, take action. Here's something that people can do is stop buying those designer dogs and go to the shelters and rescue a dog. Mm. That's, That's right. my public service announcement for the day. Right. Get yourself a mongrel. Right. Yes. Tell Ray that. Yeah, uh, well, I wasn't going to name him, but mm, yeah, there, mm. there's somebody on the John and Ken show who wants a dog, and, and that's what he needs oh, to he do. Oh, he wants a designer dog? Yeah, he does. Yes, he oh, does. Okay. Mm. Oh, I know what kind of dog he likes, yeah. All right, more. We need to find Ray a mutt <laughs> from a shelter. <laughs> well, he's had those, too. Uh, more coming up, John and Ken show. All right, coming up next hour, there is another chance for you to win money. $1,000 is up for grabs with the keyword that all you have to do is enter it at the website, that'll come up around 5.20. We'll begin the hour with Steve Gregory from KFI News and the word from the L.A. County Health Department today that we may be going back to indoor mask mandates because of the rising number of cases and hospitalizations, but there's a lot to talk about there because it's all very deceptive. It's someone trying to create a panic when for the rest of us, there is no panic, and it's silly. And we're the only ones doing this, aren't we? I don't think there's anybody else even in the state is doing indoor mask mandates. No, anymore. there was just that one, uh, what was it, Santa Clara? One Cla county. Yeah, I forget which county. Santa Clara, excuse me, Santa Clara County, I think, tried this. Are you okay? I just I had a hiccup. Okay, it sounded like you were choking to death. No, no, it was just. Boo. I may have to send in Deborah for a welfare check. <laughs> Heimlich maneuver. Also, a reminder that there is a fundraiser going on at GoFundMe for a man by the name of Jason Harrell. He was one of the victims of the 7-Eleven robber. This happened in Riverside early Monday morning. Jason was just going there about one in the morning to get cigarettes or something. Uh, walked from his home to the 7-Eleven and he was shot either by the shooter entering or exiting the store. We're not sure, but shot at close range. Terrible wound, which is affecting him. He may be paralyzed. Uh, the family's got to go fund me. Uh, listeners have really stepped up already. You can find the link at KFIAM640.com, the John and Ken page. It's right there, clearly. Just go there and donate whatever you can. And we talked to his father, Steve Paul. We're going to replay that interview because it's important you hear it coming up after the news at 530. And uh, so far, KFI listeners have come through. Uh, they have donated uh, almost uh, $6,000 in just an hour and a half. Wow. So they've been very generous. So please keep it coming and uh, listen to the interview. Um, because it's just it's really, really, really awful what California politicians have allowed our our daily life to become. Yeah, and if you want to, another listener made us aware there is a man by the name of Matthew Hirsch. He was working in the Seven Eleven store in Brea, and he was murdered. And they're also doing a fundraiser for him. And they're doing pretty well. They have a $25,000 goal. They've already raised nearly $18,000. But uh, this, uh, as you know, this 7-Eleven robber killed two and wounded several other people, including the man we've been talking about. But uh, apparently uh, people are also trying to help out the family yeah. of Matthew Hirsch. Yeah, do what you can. Uh, this this uh, crazed gunman has done a lot of damage. It brought a lot of suffering to some families here in Southern California. All right, well, let's spend a moment talking about a man who is the city treasurer of Oceanside, California. His name is Victor Roy. I can't believe this story. He's 73, 
All right, that's important. You hear his age because apparently the branch manager at the Mission Branch Library in Oceanside said that he went in there on a Saturday afternoon and he was looking at nudes on the computer and then he started to download the images onto a flash drive. <laughs> I mean, what kind of a... Uh, all right, I have, I have many questions. <laughs> uh, well, first, first of all, looking at his picture, yeah. What has he got? He's got the he's got the molestache. He's got the molester mustache. He does. I, I pick that guy. Bald head, a little short mustache. But boy, they all have that, don't they? And that's got to be a signal. It's got to be a signal to the other guys. I'm one of you. Let's the go off. The report said he was looking at magazines that when he clicked on the cover, the images inside the magazine were full nudity. Mm. Uh, now I have another question. They want him to resign, by the way. City council members think he well, should go. Why was he not doing this at home? That's why exactly would you go? why I said I can't believe this story. Why would you go? Is there a thrill to doing it at the library? Does he not have a computer that can do this at home? Or no, does he anybody, live with somebody who might see him? You can sit in your car and do it on the phone or your iPad. <laughs> oh, but the phone... Small screen. You don't want to appreciate the porn. You images. can't really you want, get worked up the you same want a way. a big monitor. By the way, what kind of porn was it? Because that mustache makes me very worried. Oh, I don't know. Uh, now, I got another question. It says our library computers do have filters. Because yeah. I wondered this, but no filters 100% foolproof. <laughs> what, this filter didn't work on nudes? Roy continues to be a regular user of the library and its resources. Yeah, okay. Now, what 73-year-old guy is going to the library regularly? Um, Just to use the computer. This makes no sense. He's up to no good. And I got another question. They have let <laughs> homeless people in forever, oh, yeah, that's right. and that's what the homeless people do in the libraries, is they call up porn in front of the children, and, and, and the librarians would never enforce it. Now, do they only enforce it against uh, housed people and the unhoused mm. get away with all their uh, perversity? Says, well, the incident report states that Roy was viewing nudity. There is no specific mention of pornography. So if you want to differentiate the seriousness of the two, you can just see like a nude picture of a woman. But pornography indicates there's probably some sex going on. There so. was a, she wasn't engaged. That's what it sounds like. Now, was he engaged in any uh, self-pleasure? Does that soften the seriousness of this to you? There was well, just a nude image rather you know, than actual sexual you know, content? A, you know he's a creepy weirdo, though. I don't know why you would do this in the middle of a library where clearly people can look over your and, shoulder. Or... And you're well known. <laughs> and you're treasurer. the city treasurer. What are you doing? He needs therapy. Uh, all right. Coming up next, we will interrogate Steve Gregory from KFI News. The latest from the L.A. County Health Department is we may be going back to wearing masks in indoor public spaces. Good God. John and Ken show. Deborah Mark has the news. KFI AM 640. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.